listening to Transform Squadron, a podcast production of ZoneBase.org. ZoneBase is a site about robots, monsters, and misadventure. If you find yourself asking what that even means, maybe go check it out, www.zonebase.org. My name's Rob, and it's October 17th at 9.20 a.m. as I'm recording this. Wow. It's very hard to believe we're in the final days of the Halloween 2022 season. I've got about two weeks of it left as I'm sitting here right now. And that's a bummer. That is a bummer because I, I love Halloween. I think you guys know that by now. But I really do love Halloween. Um, I spend all year celebrating it. It's practically a hobby of its own for me. And the season is like... I don't know, I guess a several month long convention, maybe, maybe that's a good way to put it. You know, I just spend, um, you know, like I said, I, I enjoy it all year long. I am, I enjoy the various stuff within it all year long. But for me, the season starts in summer with all the code orange stuff. And that's a lot of fun for me for the early sneak peeks and early stuff from Halloween starting to slip out. You know, some stores start a little earlier stocking it. You know, that's super fun for me. I really enjoy that. And then firmly in August, it's, you know, Halloween season. Uh, I know a lot of people say, well, that's a little too early. It's like, well, go to your stores. They're stocking it, you know. And then, of course, September is when the rest of the world gets on board and it all starts getting into full swing. You know, it's a lot of fun for me. So it's a little sad for me this close to the end of it all happening. But I guess that is just the nature of things. And, you know, all good things have to come to an end. And, you know, Halloween will be over in about two weeks. Um, it's going to be a bummer waiting until November 1st when it starts back. You know, it's going to be a hard wait. I don't know what I'm going to do. But addressing Halloween on the website before I really get going, because there's been... Three months of the, I call it pumpkin spiced mayhem on my site, the firm celebration of Halloween. It'll go back to non-Halloween mode uh, after Halloween's over. Um, and non-Halloween mode is, I, I turn it down. <laughs> I turn it down. Um, and I kind of wanted to address that here because I'm going to do things differently from now on, or at least from now on as I'm speaking. And that would be, wow, that was a hard lead up to that. Uh, this is what I got in mind. You know, I had started doing uh, last year what I called weekly Halloween. And weekly Halloween was like a weekly spooky post. And I called it weekly Halloween, kind of naming it after, there used to be this old horror magazine in Japan called Monthly Halloween. And that's where I kind of stole the name from. But prior to weekly Halloween, there was regular spooky stuff on the site anyway. Like I, I managed to post at least one scary thing a week on the site. Maybe a paranormal video, maybe something from a um, horror movie or game or something. Maybe just something kind of scary. Or, you know, sometimes something straight up Halloween. You know, that would be just something I'd regularly do. I mean, Halloween is in the site's description on the top of the page. It's pretty much said that. Every day is Halloween on the site. Um, so when I started using the weekly Halloween name, that was just a way of me basically officially titling it. Even though sometimes it's more than once a week. You know, the site, it's a weird site, I get it. <laughs> but I also, around 2019, started doing something called Spooky Summer. And Spooky Summer was a way for me to start working Halloween into site just a little bit early, not straight up using Halloween things while incorporate incorporating something scary before I got to actual Halloween season. And this past summer, I was kind of trying to figure out how to do something different because I didn't want to take away from what I thought was so fun about the Halloween season by having it basically rebranded, you know, after a month or two of spooky summer. And so, you know, this past year, I just kind of made 
what I deemed more spookier Transformers bios as the spooky summer uh, content. And I was like, you know, I, I think it's just time to retire spooky summer. I think it's just time to retire that naming as it's kind of pointless being that scary stuff is part of the site as is. However, this year I did something I wanted to do before and wasn't really sure how to do it. And that was celebrate Walpurgis Night. Walpurgis Night is a mid-year spooky celebration at the beginning of May. It's not really a spooky celebration as in the vein of Halloween. It's just a different spooky holiday in Germany. And I kind of use that as a way to do a themed week of just spooky themed things. And this year, something very magic happened. See, for the longest time, I've been kind of observing May as Halloween in May. That's what I always called it, Halloween in May. Because, you know, you got Christmas in July. You know, a lot of people will enjoy Christmas movies and all that in July just to have a little mid-year fun, you know, that's Christmas-themed. I would do the same in May. Now, admittedly, I watch Halloween cartoons all year long, but I think you get my point. Well, this year, when I say something magic happened, I saw it all over social media. People went nuts about it, and I firmly embraced it, and that was called Halfway to Halloween. Same idea. People celebrating a little bit of taste of Halloween in May. Because Halloween's a really big holiday. It's really popular. A lot of people like it other than me, you know. Go figure. And so, you know, Walpurgis Night, for me, kind of became my Halfway to Halloween thing. So what I'm saying is, this year, Walpurgis Week, that's why I called it Walpurgis Week, will precede a halfway to Halloween event on the site. So the last week of April will be Walpurgis Week, leading up to Walpurgis Night. And then we'll have about a good firm two weeks of a little halfway to Halloween event on the site. I'm not doing the entirety of May because I feel like that might be just a little overkill because... A spooky week in April and two weeks in May, that's almost a month already. That's like three weeks. But also, I start the Halloween stuff in August. I'm like code oranging it up all summer. I think it's that's a good enough time frame to do a halfway ha Halloween event. And just let spooky summer retire itself. I'll probably still use the tag because it's just, that's a catchy name. I, I don't want to toot my own horn here. Toot, toot. See, I was, I was being like your mom and saying toot toot. But, you know, that is a catchy name, I have to admit. Um, but I'll use the tagging and the naming, whatever, but I won't have an official spooky summer event on the site. You know, throughout the year, there will be themed weeks. I did that quite a bit this past year, and it seemed to go over well. I did like a robot monster week and that sort of thing. Little things like that just have little mini spooky celebrations throughout the year. With, of course, the Halloween event being the big, you know, big Halloween event of the year. But there'll be little mini spooky things throughout the year, including a halfway to Halloween official mini zone based Halloween in the middle of the month. You know, a lot of people really seem to like the Halloween stuff. I mean, like I said, Halloween's a huge holiday. I'm not the only person who really likes it, but I can't help but notice people really seem to like how I do Halloween. And thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. So if you're one of the people that tune into my site for Halloween, there's going to be there's going to be a lot more of it while being a little more contained for the people who are just like, OK, it's February, please. <laughs> but with that Halloween talk. Starting off the show, I think it's a good way to just say it that this is the Halloween episode. It's kind of ridiculous being that Halloween has been a focal theme of the show. I mean, that's for the site for the past couple of months, but for the show for the past couple of months. But being that's October, this is the big official Halloween show before we get back to... <laughs> if you don't like Halloween, man, you must really hate the show for a few months out of the year. That's I would apologize, but it's kind of the subject matter. That's like part of the subject matter. But this month, we are looking at all sorts of Halloween stuff on this show. We're having a spooky good old time. First and foremost, um, this isn't specifically Halloween, but I thought I wanted to talk about it for just a minute. In the realm of Transformers, I don't know if any of you follow the Crazy Ash Transformers Moments account on Twitter. 
That's at TF underscore moments on Twitter. What's well, a fun, a fun Twitter account where they're just basically posting, you know, quote unquote, crazy ass Transformers moments. And the comments and all that can be a really fun outlet for your Transformers fandom overall. It's a fun, it's a fun account. I really like it. I've said fun 50,000 times while describing it. So what you should understand is that's a good time. But, well, they recently posted something about a Transformers toy I really enjoyed. Um, that would be Beast Machines Skydive. This was, of course, I'm, I was about to say this is an older toy. Of course it is. <laughs> Beast Machines has been over for like 20-something years. But that was a Beast Machines toy I really enjoyed. The Beast Machines Dinobots is still one of my favorite, if not total favorite, Actually, yeah, I think it is. It's my totally favorite Transformers sub-team of all time. And if you want to ask me why, I'll just ask you why did you feel the need to ask me why. Just take it, man. It's, it is what it is. But it's my favorite sub-team in Transformers. I've always really loved them. And I've always been kind of weirded, not really weirded out, just kind of confused as to why Skydive wasn't a member of the Beast Machines Dinobots. I That's always kind of weirded me. Not weirded me out. Why do I keep saying weirded me out? That does not weird me out. It's always confused me that he wasn't part of that team. But I digress. Um, you know, Skydive should have been. He really should have been. But anyway, he was a dinosaur toy transforming into, and I'm about to butcher this word, Quetzalcoatlus. Quetzalcoatlus. I'm saying that totally wrong. A very... I used to just write it off and call it a pterodactyl back in the day, but that's not correct. Um, there's somewhere there's a huge dinosaur scholar like cursing a lot, but that's that's just because of Jurassic World, not because of me. But, you know, he's like a, a flying type uh, dinosaur. He has a very distinguished robot mode because of it. You know, those flying dinosaurs base transformers the robot mode is either very traditional transformer or very specific to that toy you know and beast machines itself is very specific in its designs and a lot of the beast mode transformers um i might be speaking out of line here but i've always felt like there was a strong evangelion influence in the design of beast machines uh specifically in a lot of those beast mode designs i mean beast beasts uh yeah beast mode based has a mouthful of words the beast mode based transformers have a very strong wow i am screwing up words right now excuse me evangelion influence um and he definitely falls into that really really has that eva look to him if only he was like in more similar colors but that's definitely where I've always felt that sort of styling and proportions and that sort of stuff. But he's very unique looking. He has a triangle head, like a triangular head. And he's got his beast mode wings are displayed a certain way in robot mode and whatever. And for some inexplicable reason, he has a slash across his chest. And I've always taken that as just a... I always took that as a just cool design choices they designed them that way just to look cool big because it does he looks cool turns out and i never noticed this little factoid before but it was pointed out by crazy ass moments that this was a semi sort of homage to the character gimlet from vampire hunter d designer shogo hasui seemingly based him off of that you know i don't think it's really directly stated that this was a uh, intentional thing but it's all there and when i was shown it i i couldn't help but to see it he's right it's right there his design is very similar to gimlet's look you know obviously it's not one for one it's not an exact it's a it's it's similar uh, but he's right there, the way the wings are on the arms, the triangular head. And spoiler alert, Vampire Hunter D is a very old movie, so um, watch it, I would suggest. Um, he's defeated by being slashed across the chest. 
It's it's a very cool little thing. Um, Vampire Hunter D is a is something I've always enjoyed. I've seen that original movie several times. I haven't seen the sequel. I've never watched the sequel. I I don't know why it just never happened. I could, you know, I could. I just never have. I've got a couple of the books. I'm not going to pretend to be a Vampire Hunter D scholar, but it's something I've always enjoyed. It's very similar to Castlevania. Castlevania being something I've always enjoyed. So I think that's more of a coincidence because, you know, Castlevania was much more of a homage to like old universal monsters and stuff by the time this movie came out. So I think it's just a coincidental uh, comparison, but they are very similar. It's a very cool thing. So if you like stuff like spooky vampires and cool cartoons, you probably will enjoy it. It's a cool, neat blend of science fiction and horror. I really like it. But I just thought that was cool. And this is like just the spooky season is just a great time to have such a strange thing come up. You know, such a weird homage that's just, I've had this toy forever. You know, I bought it, I guess, what was that, 2000 when he came out? I've had it for, yeah, 22 years, going on 23, you know. That toy did get a, that mold got released again in Universe. Still Sky, still Skydive, but in different colors. Uh, the colors would were much more traditional Dinobot. Once again, making you kind of wonder why he wasn't one of the Dinobots whatever you know i'm not on hasbro's decision team or whatever and just like every other transformers fan on the internet it would be so much better if i was you know i'm totally going to say the same thing um you know i kind of always felt oh at least since he came out that wing finger was kind of like a new version of skydive I mean, I know he's meant to be a different character, or she is. Is Wingfinger a male or female? I don't know. But I felt like Wingfinger was a new form of skydive in some sort of way. But, yeah, just a great toy. I've always really liked that one. Needs more love, and this is a fun way to give it more love. Just this little recent amount of attention. Because I'm clearly not the only one who saw that tweet. It's a very popular account, you know, at TF underscore uh, moments. Uh, excuse me. Wow, I'm terrible at this. Some of you agree. At TF underscore moments. Great account. You know, I was talking about Dinobots, and this is the Halloween episode. And I'm not just being kind of coy about putting spooky stuff in there, but I, this is a great time to talk about trick-or-treating. And I've brought this up a time or two before, but I kind of wanted to talk about this for a moment. You know, I, I like I said before, in the second grade, I was Snarl the Dinobot for Halloween. I, um, it was a Collegeville box costume. Uh, when I say box costume, many of you of a certain age will know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you won't. Um, but they're almost a joke among themselves these days. The plastic smock with a plastic mask and rubber band style Halloween costume that were very popular for a time there. For me, it was the 80s, but I think they predated that like in the 70s or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how long they were out, to be honest with you. They were certainly phased out by the early 90s, but that style of costume, a good generation or two of people have fond memories of wearing those on Halloween. And I too am. I, I had three of them in my uh, childhood. You know, a lot of times I'd opt for makeup kits. You might have figured that out. <laughs> but a lot of times I'd opt for makeup kit uh, costumes or a Halloween mask or whatever. I still always wear a Halloween mask. But those costumes were very much a staple of my Halloween. So much so that as an adult, you know, every year I buy a mask to wear for trick-or-treating kids or just random excuses throughout Halloween. And often it's, you know, air quote, vintage style Halloween masks that are made for adults in the vein of those. I just recently bought one to wear this year. It's, it's currently my user pick on a lot of social media. A cool replica skull mask. It's like a skeleton face mask. Uh, very common. Uh, not all those costumes were licensed. Some were generic, like devil, vampire, stuff like that. And this was like the skeleton 
sometimes it was called like white in the night. Sometimes it was called just skeleton or ghoul. But this skeleton face uh, mask was very popular during that time. I got a version of it where he's kind of like, it's got some blood on it. And it's kind of creepy. It's perfect. I love it. And it really got me kind of thinking about these costumes. And like I said, I my Snarl costume was a Collegeville costume. The big two brands were Collegeville and Ben Cooper. Everyone remembers Ben Cooper, but Collegeville was also the other big name in this style costume. Collegeville actually produced uh, quite a bit of Transformers costumes as well as GoBots ones. They had uh, Optimus Prime and Megatron, of course. I believe there was an Ultra Magnus and Superion. GoBots, they, they had a kind of a cool range. They had Leader One and Psykill, Copter. They did a few other guys. I know they did Scooter. And they did a couple more. They did like some odder choices on GoBots, which is kind of weird. You figured they'd be like all main characters, but they did do some side ones. And like I said, I was Snarl the Dinobot. When I'm saying Snarl the Dinobot, I'm using it in quotes because the name of the costume was actually Dinobot. D-Y-N-A-B-O-T. They got the name wrong, and it's right there on official licensed Transformers merchandise. Um, I still have the mask. The costume, I have no clue what happened to it over time. I got the feeling I got thrown away by my parents. You know, these things happen, but I still have the mask. And as shoddy shape as it is, you know, it's cracked and broken in spaces. The paint's come off. The rubber band's long gone. You know, it's a almost 40-year-old cheap Halloween costume that I've managed to hold on to some of the parts. Some of those Halloween costumes can go for pretty big money online for uh, various Halloween fans and collectors. Not to mention, if you're a fan of a certain property like Transformers or Star Wars or whatever... You know, they'll chase down these oddball merchandise things and stuff like that can be really expensive and hard to get, especially considering these costumes are cheap. They are they costed like two, three dollars at the time, which sounds like next to nothing right now. But at the time, that was probably about the equivalent of spending around 10 bucks uh, in today's money. You know, it, it changes how much it's worth. So it's probably about. We'd probably spend about five, ten bucks on it now, which is still cheap. Actually, to be fair, it'd probably be about twenty bucks now. I, I'm not working the math correctly, but I'm just kind of speaking out of, just speaking casually here. They they were meant to be just like cheap. You wore them once, you know. You wore them on Halloween, maybe the school the day before as well. You know, what I mean, you only wore them a few times, and you're you're expected to throw them away. A lot of uh, traditional Halloween stuff is inexpensive because they intend you to throw it away and buy new stuff next year. Which is why there's so much cheap Halloween stuff put out each year. That's a tradition of Halloween. You know, my wife and I, we have a lot of expensive and nicer Halloween decorations. Even to use the word fancy would be a good description. But I'm straight up at that dollar store and Walmart every year because that's where that's where my mind immediately heads to. Okay, now time for the real stuff because I, that, you know, I love that stuff. I do. Um... But that's the intention. I know I keep talking about that, but that because it continues to be true constantly. It's the truth. Uh, but these costumes are meant to be thrown away, but they usually came in boxes or on uh, or on like uh, clothes hangers, excuse me. A lot of times there'd be these weird clothes hangers with like a cardboard head to for the mask to be displayed on. It's like a cardboard little structure to be the shoulders and a head the mask would be on it and it kind of felt the costume more because if you were of that age that remembers you know the seasonal aisle where they have all the costumes at these things would be on sh on hooks on the aisle and they just have them you could just go through them like you know you go to walmart and you look at shirts you know how they're all on those little racks well imagine a really long one and it'd be just these costumes hanging from them you know of course they'd have rubber masks displayed like they normally do and the makeup kits and cloth costumes and all that hung on hooks and on the shelves and all that but there's a good solid rack of just these hanging from those hooks and you know depending on the store if they'd be in boxes or hooks i do not know if this was like depending on the store like they'd order it on hooks or in box depending on how they depended on uh, excuse me decided to display it i know walmart and target we're big on hanging them from those hooks 
at least in my town. I didn't have Target where I grew up till the late 80s. We had Richway. Richway was a department store chain here in Georgia, and I don't know how big they were. I don't know if they're a full, like the South, or I don't know if it was a regional thing or whatnot, but Target ended up buying them out and taking over those toward the late 80s, uh, early 90s. But around this time, we didn't even have a Richway nearby. It wasn't until I moved away from Statesboro, Georgia, into the suburbs of Atlanta that I even knew what a Richway was. So we always had Kmart and Target. I mean, excuse me, Kmart and Walmart. And they'd be on racks. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you look these costumes up, you always see them in the box, which is obviously the better way to get it because it's a cool box. It's decoed nice. Like if we're talking about these Transformers one here. They're in that grid, uh, grid art box like G1 Transformers would be. You know, they look great. Um, so they, usually that's how you see them if you find them on eBay or whatever. But my Dinobot was on a hanger. I remember it specifically. Because I remember my mom showing it to me and I was like, yeah. And to be honest with you, when I said the three costumes I had like that was, two of them came on a hanger, one of them came in a box. The first one I was was Pac-Man. Uh, as a very small child, Atari was huge. And this was the year before uh, kindergarten because kindergarten... I actually talked about it here in an episode prior. I was a three-headed, <laughs> three-headed skeleton. Um, uh, that was the Clone Heads Halloween costume brand. I used that skeleton costume, but the year before that, I was Pac-Man, and it was a. I think that was Ben Cooper. I think that was yeah. That was that, I looked at it the other day. That was a Ben Cooper costume, and it was that it was Pac-Man had the little, little plastic mask and little smock looked great. Um, and then second grade, I was Spider-Man and that was a Ben Cooper also. And that definitely came in a box as I, I remember specifically, my mom brought it home from work where she saw it and grabbed it for me. And it was just the thing she, I, I don't think it even, you know, I honestly, I love Halloween so much, but what I want to be for Halloween is usually not in the immediate decision-making that kind of comes to me later on. I'm just, I love the holiday itself so much, you know, but Yeah, I definitely a Spider-Man. They're all good guys. I did I, all my monster characters and villains were like makeup and rubber masks and such. The 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 smock and mask costumes are firmly good guys. But I was Dinobot. I was Dinobot Snarl. <laughs> um, you know, I brought this up on the site earlier in the year when I finally got a copy of the Cyberverse Snarl figure, the Warrior Class Snarl figure. And I got it because he reminded me so much of this costume. Now, he that toy is a whole lot more like the Action Master Snarl. Like, he just looks like Action Master Snarl's box art so much. It's wonderful. I've spoken before how much I like Warrior Class toys, and that's a shining example. But the reason I got him so much is just because, same reason, I like Snarl so much. Snarl is one of my standout characters to me uh, because of this Halloween costume. And... You know, it had the plastic smock, a picture of Snarl, Snarl's box art on the chest, and of course the slide over cheap mask. And another thing I've brought up, I brought it up, I believe, last month, and it's fixing to be time. Today is the 17th. These are officially available uh, starting tomorrow on the 18th from McDonald's, the classic trick-or-treat bucket Happy Meals. I plan to get a few of them. I'm being kind of paranoid about that because... You know, for medical and health reasons, I have to eat healthy, you know, so I don't eat a whole lot of junk food. But when I do, it's like a amazing treat, <laughs> you know, because I, I love this stuff. But obviously, you can't eat it all the time. It's not good for you. Um, But I'll need to get at least three of these Happy Meals because there's three different buckets, the witch, the ghost, and the pumpkin. But those were out. Those were new at the time. And I didn't use them for trick-or-treating. You know, I'd get them and they'd sit around my room. I remember my wife and I were actually talking about this, how she said her mom would put her Halloween pails up when they're putting up the Halloween decorations. I didn't. Mine were sitting in my room used for other things. I got crayons. I know I mentioned before the one I had full of battle beasts. I had one next to my Atari. Like I had my school desk 
and this little black and white TV with my, next to my Atari, and I had a bucket just full of whatever random stuff was in it there. It was one of those McBoo pails. Um, they're just used as toy storage for me. Uh, these probably will too. But I remember my cousin, he had his McBoo pucket. McBoo pucket, goodness, his McBoo. Wow, McBoo pail. <laughs> and he carried it with him. And he always wore a sheet. He would always have a sheet with, I hope it was makeup, but knowing his family, it was probably just shoe polish rubbed all over his face. That variation of the Halloween costume. Um, that version of a ghost. And I remember him coming over and I had slipped on my costume and he was like visually jealous. Like you could tell from the moment he saw it, he was like, whoa. <laughs> and he asked me, does it transform? And I was like, yeah, it does. I went, Ch -ch 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 -ch. and I got that on all fours and had the mask over my head. I went, rah, 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 rah. And he was like, whoa. Don't act like he didn't know I was a gangster. Yeah, just a little reminder. I've always been this way. I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. But, you know, we went out trick-or-treating, and I had my bag from the grocery store. You guys remember back in the day, grocery stores would hand out bags to trick-or-treat at, the trick-or-treat with, and, of course, it had have some spooky art on it, some safety tips, and they'd throw, of course, the logo of Pizza Hut or Kroger or whatever the store you got it from. Sometimes it'd be restaurants, sometimes it'd be grocery stores, sometimes the school would hand them out. But, you know, you know those bags. I had my one of those, he had his McBoo pail, and had my badass Dinobot costume one. Great haul, had a good haul. Man, it's really fun thinking about that, just thinking about, you know, how here in a few days I'm going to at least eat three Happy Meals. That's... <laughs> That's stupid, <laughs> but, but thinking about just all these things, because you know, how I said, you know, how I said the bags had uh, safety tips in them and Halloween safety is like a big Halloween tradition. You know, I talked about Halloween traditions uh, a couple of episodes ago when we officially started Halloween episodes of this podcast. But it really is a big part of the trick-or-treating experience. You get those safety uh, tips just jammed down your head. I watch those safety videos often. There's these two really old ones that they would, every Halloween would get wheeled around. You know, the, the TV with VCR combo, they would wheel around to classrooms or a reel-to-reel -reel projector, depending on which one they're bringing around. There's this one from the 70s, one from the 80s. There's a few other ones, too, like Disney made a school safety film. They're all on YouTube. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them are on YouTube, uh, as well as some more recent ones, like they've done ones with the Power Rangers and Garfield's got one. And I think just, like, sometimes they're just local, like, police stations or fire departments or whatever will make them there's just a ton of these halloween safety ones and they're always just kind of drilling in the safe thing like don't go into people's houses you know bring a light so you can be seen or you can also watch where you're going because you could trip and hurt yourself or it could be glass on the ground or something or i always joke about this how so cars can see you but it's so <laughs> it goes up to me i'm like Look, you know it's Halloween. There's going to be kids in the road. What? Why are you invisible all of a sudden walking down a lit street? But obviously it's there for a reason. Just so a car can see you. Which is why you're expected to wear a reflective tape and carry that gangsta-ass glow stick and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, this is like part of it. And one of, one of the things they tell you to do is check all your candy before you eat it. And, you know, I, I mentioned this last month. And today's... Today, this... The big... Thing I wanted to talk about for this one is Halloween urban legends. And one of the big Halloween urban legends is that stranger danger is going to kill you through your candy. You know, they, they're, they're going to put drugs in your bag. I think the drugs one is one of the more, one of the more proven to be false uh, rumors out there because drugs are expensive. People aren't just giving them away. You know, like, I think now they say they'll give you CBD candies. Um, you know, CBD gummies are expensive. You're, you're not getting one of those in your bag, and if you do, it's probably by accident. There was one case uh, 
eighties, nineties where a kid died, uh, on Halloween. And it turned out he wasn't actually eating Halloween candy that had been tampered with. He'd actually gotten into his uncle's heroin stash where his uncle was taking care of him. And he had thought he had hit his drugs. Apparently didn't do such a good job. And the kid had basically ate like drug candy or whatever by accident. Or I think the really, the only case of this really happening that's been proven. And the reason I say proven is because, you know, it's kind of up in the air how real this danger is. You know, a lot of people dismiss it all right off the bat, but these things don't come from nowhere. And, you know, they, people always say, well, studies say, and I'm like, well, what studies? You know, we're, you know, I'm sure there's documented studies of how many people have actually been hurt, at, hurt by uh, tainted Halloween candy. But to be honest with you, you know, you go to the emergency room, you know, I don't think they're really giving records out of how many people got stitches this year by being cut from X-Acto knives. You know, it's the specifics of it are shady at best. And, you know, there is bad people out there. There's creepy people. Stranger danger is a real problem. You know, it, there's, this is a real issue. So the fact that tainted candy has harmed a child out there that's a believable issue to me. I mean, obviously to some extremes, like I said, the CBD candies in your bag or whatever, that would probably be a mistake if it got there. But I wouldn't be too blown away if someone, I don't know, put rat poison in there or something. That's actually happened. There was this one lady, I think it was the 60s or 70s. She was annoyed with the amount of teenagers coming and trick-or-treating, so she put... Uh, ant poison and like rat pellets in the bags to kind of play a prank on them. Like it was still labeled or whatever, but that was her way. She got in trouble for it, but that was like one of her ways of like running them off. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a psycho out there doing stuff like that, you know, and then, you know, they're not, you know, Hey, this person was admitted to the emergency room from eating poison, you know, by accident. That's may not make the news, you know? So, some of that stuff obviously really does happen. One of the most famous cases was this kid in the 70s. Um, now, this one wasn't a stranger. It was actually his father, sad to say, poisoned a pixie stick to kill him with. Uh, his father was wanting to, was in really bad debt and took life uh, insurance pro uh, policies out on both him and his sister. And when he took him and the kids out, he had so many pixie sticks with them uh laced with i think arsenic and he slipped them in their bags and it killed one of the kids and the guy got in trouble good you know good and went to jail and got the death penalty and all this as you really should you do something that horrible you know i whatever your beliefs are on this sort of thing but you really you're really a bad person if you're gonna kill your kid with some poisoned candy on halloween and you know geez um you know there's been some real life examples of the poisoned candy uh However much of it is true or legend is uh, is up to debate. Uh, I think one of them that always sticks with me is the razor blade in the candy apple or the uh, safety pin in like a candy bar or whatever. That was the one that always stuck out to me because that was the more realistic of the dangers to me. Like I remember if I did get an apple or some fruit in my uh, bag, it got thrown straight away because there was no telling if it got... And one of the problems, a lot of people thought it was like a hypodermic needle full of poison or drugs would get injected into it. Um, you know, so that was just always thrown straight away. It was always unwrapped foods. Like, I remember I had one neighbor who would, it seems like such a waste. He'd have like a box of donut holes from Dunkin' Donuts and would just throw one of them in your bag. No, no baggie, no nothing, just... <laughs> glaze crap all over your candy where he threw it in there. You knock, knock, hey kids, how you going? He just no tissue, nothing. Just reach in there and throw one or two of them in your bag. <laughs> not not even thinking for a minute. Yeah, those didn't get eaten. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I remember my parents investigating my candy and looking at the candy bars for signs of puncture holes or whatever. And actually I remember one Snickers bar in specific had a weird hole in it it had it could have been just a tear from the factory or whatever i think we've all bought a bag of candy and one of them's been partially unwrapped or whatever it could have been just that but that was suspect <laughs> so that got thrown away stuff like that
Um, I know I was terrified of eating something with a razor blade in it my entire childhood because that's, that's scary. You know, think about biting into a piece of candy and just, ah, like I've never had it happen, but I know exactly what it feels like. You know, I can just, I'm, I'm cringing just feeling it. Um, just te how terrible that would be. And of course, uh, Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2 from um, the 80s had a scene where a kid was going to the hospital from doing that, where he had bitten into a double sided razor and he's just bleeding everywhere it's just wow i can feel it <laughs> it's terrible uh, also if you've ever watched uh night of the demons you know it takes place on halloween and this this old couple characters that are like a side plot in the movie he's going to teach them kids a lesson they're trick-or-treating he's done stuck razor blades in each and one every one of the apples and then the next day his wife cooked him a pie with those apples and it's like this vicious scene of the razor blades just cutting through his throat. And I can, uh, you know, there's certain things, you know, like that, like that scene in Pet Cemetery where Gage cuts the old man's ankle <laughs> with the scalpel, or this scene here that just no matter how many times you see him, you're cringing. You know, it's just like, ah, like I don't, I've never done that, but I can feel it. <laughs> so that's definitely, yeah, because of that urban legend and possible real world danger a lot of local places like hospitals or whatever will offer to x-ray your candy to pick up any you know straight pins or razor blades or whatever possibly stuck inside of your candy yeah <laughs> and they do that for a reason that clearly they've caught a few by now if not it's a good pr stunt i guess one one person who I want to say this was in the 80s. This is another documented case, maybe 90s, um, was this house kids were trick-or-treating at, and they were giving away, like, body parts. Like, there's just gross, random body parts being given away. And when the police came to investigate the house, it was actually a abandoned house. These people had set up camp in there, and I guess the kids didn't realize no one lived in there. Like, you know, every, every neighborhood has that house that's just empty. And I guess no one realized no one was there. Maybe the, maybe it was on city grid power or something. No, you know, it must have been on city grid power because the porch light was obviously on. That's the universal symbol. The porch lights on. Knock on the door. Um, and they had that going on, so that the kids would knock and someone was trick or treating them. And I don't know how many kids ended up with this, but yeah, there was just like fingers and toes and like ears i don't know where these people got them i i don't think they sell those at walmart um the wife and i got our trick-or-treat candy this weekend from target they had a really good price on it we got a whole bunch of it to give out we'll probably have a bunch left and somehow it'll get eaten i don't know what cursed person will get tasked with eating a bunch of little snicker bars or whatever but <laughs> um you know, I don't know if they, where they get, I don't know where you get body parts. I do not know, but they got them from somewhere and were giving them out. So someone was going through their trick-or-treat candy. You know, you know, there's always that kid that's eating it as they're trick-or-treating or they stop to see what they got in their bags. Yeah, they've had that moment where you discover, oh, a thumb. <laughs> I'm going home. This is, the night's over. Yeah. <laughs> Is this real or gummy? You know, someone probably took a bite, tried to take a bite out of it, thinking it was a gummy. Just think about that. Gross. Now, there's a lot more urban legends with Halloween out there. There's a lot of true scary stories. Uh, one guy I like to listen to called Mr. Nightmare. He does like reads. He reads a uh, submitted uh, true scary stories. He has a YouTube channel. But I listen to a Spotify account where it's an audio version of these. Like, you know, just true scary stories. And he has a bunch of great Halloween ones. I actually suggest you to listen to those. Those are fun. Those are like scary instances that happen on Halloween. Like someone followed them or tried to kidnap them or were like trying to break in their house or something. Really true scary stuff out there. But, you know, obviously really scary stuff actually happens on Halloween. Not necessarily an urban legend or whatever, but stuff really does happen, you know, it can be a really horrible world out there sometimes. But one 
legend that stuck with me my entire childhood. And it didn't get a name until I was an adult. I don't remember this name existing until I was an adult. And according to a lot of sources, it wasn't until the 2000s that it got a name. But this ur urban legend was, a, I was, this was in the 80s for me. So I don't know how long it's out there. You always hear other people talking about it. That would be the escaped mental patient. Um, and these days, at least since the uh, early 2000s, he's gone by Stanley Styers. Does that name sound familiar? Maybe a mass killer of another long-running Halloween-themed movie series, Michael Myers. Uh, in fact, this is one of the reasons I like the Halloween movie series so much. Uh, because it was a real-world horror for me when I was a kid. You know, horror movies are everywhere. and But there's some that are like um, forbidden when you're a child. You know, the ex for me as a kid, The Exorcist and the uh, Amityville Horror, and stuff like that. Those were forbidden horror movies, because they were just too scary. There was, like a, there was like a danger to watching them. And Halloween was one of them, because it was based on a true story. We're, we're doing the air quotes with the fingers here. And I remember my brother's, uh, my brother's homeroom teacher, we were watching... We're watching the new adventures of Leave It to Beaver. I think that was the name of the show. They had this uh, Leave It to Beaver show on TBS that would come on Sunday evenings. It was where Beaver and Wally were grown up and had kids of their own. And we always watched it. And I remember during that, there was a commercial for Halloween 4. And, you know, once again, that was like one of those forbidden movies when I was a kid. Like, that was... That was that was a little bit too serious, you know. <laughs> Jason was okay. Freddie was okay. Michael Myers, serious business. And I remember Mike saying, my brother Michael saying, you know, you know that really happened. His his teacher, Miss Henley, who he I don't I, he must have had a crush on her because he talked about her quite a bot bot, excuse me, quite a bit. Um, he said Miss Henley said that happened in the neighborhood she grew up in. So now it was even realer because now it happened in Georgia. <laughs> so what? That that happened here? But my entire childhood, every every year it would come up about the escaped mental patient um, that was out and he only killed people on Halloween. Um, I know that's not the most sensitive way to call him the escaped mental patient, but I'm just straight up quoting how he was referred to. He, he killed his family on Halloween night. Now, depending on the version of it you hear, you hear he either killed his sister or he killed his whole family. You know, obviously, killing his sister, it's what Michael Myers did. And you know, to be honest with you, the history of Michael Myers as a character is a bit muddy. You know, there's a couple of different accounts of it. John Carpenter said he originally wrote it as just a killer attacking babysitters, and it was suggested to him to make it take place on Halloween night. Another guy, the guy who made Black Christmas, says he was actually sharing a limo with John Carpenter and told him he was thinking about working on a follow-up to Black Christmas that took place on Halloween. And a couple of months later, a while back later, next thing you know, John Carpenter has Halloween out. So wherever this comes from, I do wonder if the escaped mental patient who who's killing people on Halloween is partially inspired by this. I mean, obviously, Stanley Styers, the name, is a good direct, not too clever rip on Michael Myers. But this guy, this escaped killer, was a real threat when I was a kid. Like, every year we would talk about him. Like, he was whispered, he, he's out again. Like, he, he, he killed his either his family or his sister, and he got put in a mental institution. And But he broke out, and he only kills people on Halloween. And every year someone saw him. Every year somebody saw him, and he's real, I swear, I got away. Now, for the record, I've mentioned this a few times before also. When I was a kid, Satanic Panic was in full swing. It was everywhere. Like, I still remember hearing about the vampires that and Satanists that met in the woods that would kill kids. It didn't help that there was actually Satanic meetings going on out there, because you'd see the... The pentagrams painted on trees and stuff like that. You know, it could have been just some heavy metal kids or whatever being, you know, edgy. But, you know, and stuff like that would be out there. But you'd hear all this stuff all the time. Um, 
And so that added an extra layer of scariness to this for, you know, you're in the fourth grade and you still believe in Santa Claus and there's all this, the world's a scary place as is. You watch Unsolved Mysteries every week. You see it right there. Your parents are watching the news. Scary stuff is everywhere you look. It's, there's this guy, there's really is people hurting people on Halloween too. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that there's a crazy person who's going to snatch you up and kill you while you trick or treat, you know, or maybe you just got home for trick treating. And that that's like the ideal Halloween. You know, you spend all the whole season anticipating going trick or treating. You, you get out, you have that fun time. It's a little scary. And then the ideal time is you have at least one scary thing happen. Like maybe you saw a ghost or something. You heard some noises, you know, some scary thing to top it all off. Um, I think that the scary thing comes into play more as an adult when you're not trick-or-treating so much, like a scary adventure. You know, me, I, I've mentioned it before. I'll go, my mother a few years ago moved up the street from us. So I'm going to walk up to her house and trick-or-treat and have a little fun with it or whatever. And I think I scare my neighbors when I do it because they don't know who it is walking up. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a live in creepypasta. I've mentioned this before. And this year it's going to be worse because I got to, this skull mask, that this vintage skull mask is a little unsettling, but, you know, having that scary uh, story every Halloween is a, is a fun way to top it off for the perfect Halloween night. And man, my neighborhood had the neighborhood haunted house that to this day, I'm still uncomfortable about. It's still one of those things that makes me nervous just because it was such a scary thing to us it was down the street from me and it was painted this really weird color brown like it didn't look right and um this guy lived there and of course he was all the kids said he was satanic he looked like jerry garcia and as a guy who works graveyard shift programming cnc machines i find irony and the fact that this guy who just had a night shift job and looked like Jerry Garcia was the local Satanist that lived in a haunted house and would leave every day at about five o'clock to go worship Satan in the woods. I find irony in it is, you know, Buick LeSabre <laughs> that was full of corpses in the trunk. But, you know, actually I have a story about this. One of those episodes of not, lightly, not as lightly bred, I, not as brightly lit, I talked about this where my friend and I looked in this window and some old lady just swung open a curtain and stared back at us and we took off running. But who was that lady? <laughs> I hope she wasn't a hostage. I hope it was like his girlfriend or something. <laughs> but that house still makes me nervous to this very day. In fact, if you look up uh, Google right now, not if you're driving, but when you get a chance, Google the Amityville Horror. Now, when I was a kid, there's no doubt about it. That was real. Now there's some question if that really happened or not. You're either firmly on the is happened or firmly didn't happen side of this story. But at the time, it was still serious business and considered a scary thing. Um, if you Google it up, one of the first things that will come up is black and white pictures of the house from when the, the fail murders took place. Even though it's a black and white picture that house looks brown in those pictures. Like something about that shade just comes off very brown looking in black and white. There's something about it. It was kind of similar to that. <laughs> it was like this weird brown color. Uh, it wasn't like the same Dutch colonial style house that the Amityville Horror was. But that house was very similar, had that same vibe going. And, you know, the Jerry Garcia looking guy who was a Satanist and killed kids at nights and all that. We'd walk, but he didn't have streetlights. Like the streetlights were not near his house. They were about a block separate for our whatever. He never had porch lights on anything. So his house, and he had a lot of overgrowth, like a lot of overgrowing trees and his yard always needed mowing and all that. It was just dark and creepy and unkept. And you had to cross in front of it, trick or treating. And, you know, here's, we all hurried to crap up and ran like the entire neighborhood. Like, I don't, you could disagree on all sorts of things, but everyone was scared of this house. Now, the escaped mental patient probably would have took you here to kill you. And 
I don't know if it was Stanley Styers. I don't know if it was my Jerry Garcia looking satanic neighbor. You know, I don't know if there's another, maybe it was another dude. You know, who knows how many killer escaped mental patients are out there on Halloween killing kids. <laughs> maybe he's really popular on Twitter. I don't know. But that was a real world terror when I'd go trick or treating. Now, this Halloween season is coming close to an end. Halloween is right around the corner. Uh, being that said, the Halloween programming on Zone Base will officially be over here soon. Um, I'm sad to say, I know some of you are also. A lot of us love Halloween. But we have other holidays to look forward to in the meantime. Not to mention, every day is Halloween on ZoneBase.org. In fact, there will be, like I said earlier in this very podcast you're listening to right now, we're going to have a Halloween event mid-year before we get to it. So don't worry. I got your back when it comes to Halloween fun all year long. You can have a scary good time at my site. In between all the robots and Godzillas and all that as well. But the next holiday coming up is Thanksgiving. And next month we will be enjoying Thanksgiving here on Transform Squadron. Dag nabbit. I like Thanksgiving and Christmas too. Don't get me wrong. Just holidays, the one there's one holiday I like more than any other, so much so that I celebrate it all freaking year long. <laughs> so please come back next month. Come back next month anyway. I swear I talk about more on Halloween on this site in case you're <laughs> not so big on the pumpkins. I don't understand how you do it, but I, I understand some of you, it's not that big of a deal. But Next month, we will be talking about Thanksgiving stuff and enjoying another holiday. But there will be scary stuff on the site between all the Optimus Primes and King Kongs. Um, what I'm trying to say is thank you so much for listening. Halloween's coming to a close, sadly. But I want to thank each and every one of you for enjoying Halloween with me this year, as we do every year. Um, we've had fun. I've had fun. I hope you've had fun. But it's been a fun Halloween season. It's passed a little too quickly, but it's been a great one. So thanks each and every one of you for enjoying Halloween with me this year. And please come back next month for another, I don't know if it's exciting. I don't know if a podcast is exciting, but for another episode of Transform Squadron. Transform Squadron is a podcast production of ZoneBase.org. ZoneBase is a site about robots, monsters, and misadventures. You can check it out at www.zonebase.org. My name's Rob. I, 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 you obviously just listened to me for an hour, so you know I make the show. But I also write pot, the, the site, zonebase.org. It, it's a fan blog. Uh, a fan blog is the same thing as a fanzine, just the delivery method's different. And that's what it is. So please check me out over there, zonebase.org. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, at, that's a little swirly A, RoboRobSpringer. Now, this podcast, while it's a production of ZoneBase.org, it's uh, published through the TF Radio Network. And that can be found at www.tfradio.net. For all the sh their shows and showtimes, you probably already know that. Much more popular shows than what you're listening to now. Uh, Radio Free Cybertron, of course. Brian Kilby, the host of Radio Free Cybertron and owner of the TF Radio Network, would really appreciate it if you checked out the ways to support the TF Radio Network, also available at tfradio.net. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you all have a happy Halloween. Please be careful. You don't know if Stanley Styers is out there putting razor blades and apples. But be careful. Have a safe and fun Halloween. But everyone, thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm -hmm.